Welcome to the Omnitalk Fast Five, sponsored by Takeoff, the AM Consumer and Retail Group, and Attentive. The Omnitalk Fast Five is the podcast that we hope each week makes you feel a little smarter and, most importantly, a little happier, too. It's November 4th, 2021. I am your host, Ann Mazenga. I'm Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss all the top headlines making waves in the world of omnichannel retailing making this waves. week. Making waves. Making it's kind waves. of like uh, that metaverse video of uh, of Mark Zuckerberg and that surfer, you know, like showing us how we're just going to surf right into the metaverse, Chris. Yeah, did you watch that? Did you watch oh that? My oh my God. It was such a trip. I've watched that multiple times because as we will talk about today in the podcast, I am like, I'm, I am having a hard time grasping the metaverse. I don't know about you, but I mean, this was a big week with Facebook converting their name to meta. Like, I, I don't know, yeah. Chris, we got yeah, to talk and, about it deeper, but Microsoft Ignite was doing the same thing there. You know, they had Satya Nadella was basically showcasing the exact same concept in their, in their conference this week too. I was, I watched that as well. Like it's trippy. It's true. And they all have, no one has, do you notice no one has legs in the metaverse too? That's just kind of funny. <laughs> It's all, everyone shot from the waist up, which is yeah. kind of hilarious. Were they flying around? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I am I am not prepared. I'm not ready for this jelly in the words all right. of Destiny's Well, let's get Child. to it because we're going to yes. hit that in story five, right? We're going to hit all right. that later. Yes, let's, we let's are absolutely going to get into it. Um, we're going to talk Amazon Fresh taking grocery share, Uber Eats getting into diaper delivery, Grabango's new checkout free stores with Circle K in Arizona, Nike filing virtual goods trademarks, which we alluded to earlier. But first, we're going to take off and get this podcast party started with big news out of Bed Bath & Beyond. So, Chris, headline number one this week is that Bed Bath & Beyond has announced plans to sell baby and housewares products at Kroger. So they will be selling bedding, storage, baby furniture, all online at Kroger and in some mini shops and stores beginning next year. Um, Chris, I know we talked about this earlier this week. What are your thoughts here on this, this bed, bath and beyond and Kroger hookup? Yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't like this move at all. I don't like this move at all for either. Really? Yeah, no, I hate it. I can't wait to see what you say because I think you're different, but no, I mean, I'll give you my quick take. My quick take is this. I think for Kroger, if you want to put baby products in your store, you could easily do it and you could probably do it for cheaper and much less cost, right? The baby products for the most part are market available goods. So acquiring them is pretty easy. You just have to establish a merchandising team and you can merchandise your store that way. The other part I don't like about it is where's this going to go? Like a, a, an average Kroger grocery store for a bed, bed, bath and beyond shop and shop really isn't that big to put a, the yeah. put the size of a merchandise or put merchandise on display in a way that's really palpable and means something to me. So that's one. I don't like it for Kroger. Two, I don't like it for Bed Bath & Beyond because the products you're talking about generally are registry purchases, right? And so like people aren't going to want to go to a Ralph's, sorry, Ralph's, but they're not going to want to go to Ralph's to do their registry buying. It just, it doesn't make sense. So you're not going to get the trip. The one thing I will say about it though, it looks like they're dipping their toe into this because they're going online first, you know, yeah. in early 2022 is what they say with possible shop and shops later. No one's going to go to, no one's going to go to Kroger.com and start buying this stuff. The traffic's going to be pretty light. I would expect it's not going to be profitable for Bed Bath & Beyond either because they're going to be drop shipping that product. So I don't really get the point of this and I don't understand the market's reaction to everything going on at Bed Bath yeah, & Beyond this week. Pretty significant. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, the share repurchases at a time when you just had a bad quarter, you're going to stand up a digital marketplace. That takes investment to do that. You can't just you can't just wave your arms and be like, hey, I'm going to stand up a digital marketplace now because I want to because I'm cool. No, that takes a lot of effort and money. So full stop, and I don't like it. Full I feel stop. Like I, I feel like I laid out a pretty good case, but what's your counterpoint there? Okay, well, I'm not saying this is going to work, Chris, but I'm just saying that I understand the logic behind what Bed Bath & Beyond is doing. I right. mean, this isn't about like, everybody was talking about, oh, it's a chance for Bed Bath & Beyond to put their own brands in front of other people. Like, yeah, sure. I'm not saying that that product is going to be remarkable by any means or that somebody's going to go to a Kroger because of the Bed Bath & Beyond, uh, you know, owned brands. But I think that there is the fact that they are available. I mean, we saw Hy-Vee doing their Hy-Vee is making space in their stores. They're the size of a Ralph's too. I mean, they're making space in their stores for DSW for other like shop and shop concepts. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's still early, but I, I don't think it's prohibitive for Kroger. I actually think, Chris, that this is a better play for Kroger to creep up against the Walmart and Target territory when we see them going into some of these new markets without stores. So I think like, you know, if you're going to have delivery Mm -hmm. of some of these goods, um, you're you're kind of developing a a reason to go to Kroger over your local grocer for for grocery delivery. I think if you can get some baby goods, they're going to need to bring in more than just furniture and, you know, the registry products to your point. But I think that it could be a play to kind of create a moat around Kroger as they're expanding yeah. both in-store and their digital capability. No, I see. But I see. No, I call, not, I call, I call, I call, no, I call BS on that one too, because the, the fulfillment capabilities to deliver grocery and where you, and how you need to do that are very different than what you need to deliver like large scale furniture and items. Well, like furniture is one complete. thing, but they're, they're also doing like bedding and some other like housewares things. It's not but, all going to be giant. But why would I go to, I don't understand why I'm just going to go to Kroger for that. If there's no store presence or anything, like it just, I, the other thing about this too, that pisses me off and then we can move on to headline two, because I'm, I'm much more interested in talking about headline two, as you can tell. But like yes. the other thing is people are thinking that Kroger might acquire Bed Bath & Beyond, which would be the single dumbest move I can imagine because Kroger has no experience running home furnishings and you're going to acquire all these stores that no one wants. And it sounds like not even Bed Bath & Beyond is confident in it because now they're trying to sell their products through wholesale. Like, yeah, I, I don't like that move. I don't like you don't, that you don't like that move either. No. OK, so that's no. good. So no. net net, like how, on a scale of one to ten, where are you with this whole headline? Like, are you like a are you like an eight, four, on like five, it? four? Okay. I mean, I not, I talked to not you below high. Five. Yeah. I, you definitely okay. have talked to me below five, but I think that I, I guess I, what I'm, I'm trying to emphasize is that I understand where Bed Bath & Beyond is making this move and where Kroger could be making this move. And it's just a test too. I mean, they could do this for yeah. a few weeks online only, like you were saying, and it's a total waste of time and then they move on. So, but why the stock price is bumping here to the degree it has when no inherent value has been created is beyond me, but that's good to know because you actually moved me the other way on a headline that's coming up, which we haven't talked about yet. So I can't wait to share that with you. All right, Anne, are you paying attention? Anne, seriously, are you paying attention? Are you paying attention to this headline? Good. So much. Yeah. Because this next headline, as it always is, headline number two is brought to you us by Attentive. If you want to learn more and see why thousands of brands use Attentive's SMS platform to send interactive marketing campaigns that better engage customers and drive revenue, well, you should visit attentivemobile.com slash Omnitalk to request your demo today. All right, and I love this next headline. According to our friends at Placer AI, our good friends there who did a lot of work with for a number of years, it appears Amazon Fresh is gaining market share in California and Illinois. 
Now, for all you loyal Army Talk listeners, if you remember, Amazon opened up two of its early fresh stores in Fullerton, California, and another one in Oaklawn, Illinois. And by all accounts, according to Placer, they are off to a good start, taking share for both Ralph's, Ralph's double name drop. Man, so much Ralph's. Good, great tortilla chips. Right, they do. Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait to go to Ralph's in January. Uh, And Jewel Osco. And my question for you is, what do you think this signals, if anything? For oh the man! Future. If you want to get my motor running, start talking to Ooh. me about how uh, how the get your motor regional... running. <laughs> Head out on the highway. Oh man! Looking for this adventure. is okay. This can stop. Right. Let's start talking about Amazon again. Oh my God! Save the poor listeners' ears. Um, no, the thing that this signals is that you know this is happening. This is not just on the coast. This is happening in Middle America in yeah, Illinois and on the that. coast. This is not just happening, you know, in the, in San Francisco, regional grocers are not paying attention to the threat that this poses for their business. I've talked about that for years, so I won't go on on that, but these stores have only been open a short amount of time and they're already gaining this much share, not to mention they're, they're like the test versions. They're the beta versions right. of Amazon's fresh. They are smaller footprints. They're only 25 and 35,000 square feet. They're still using smart carts. Some of them, I mean, they will only continue to get bigger and better from here and people need to be paying attention. So you think this is canary in the coal mine territory? That's oh, what God. we're at with Yes, this. yes, yeah. absolutely. The, the Tweety bird, the Tweety, the canary bird is tweeting away, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think my points are exactly the same as you. I think it, this... The reason I want to include this story this week is for everyone listening, this signals what we've long expected, and that is that the non-differentiated regional grocers are in big trouble, potentially. And if anything, the one thing that it signaled to me, actually going back to Ralph's, is it also signals to me that Kroger could be in some significant trouble here. Because when I think about Kroger, especially like between Ralph's, King Supers, name your chain, there's nothing that differentiates them. There's nothing that holds me to that. And so if I can go into an Amazon and have a much faster, more convenient experience, I'm going to do it, especially when you can take the returns back and you get all the delivery, uh, you know, capabilities off of that store right. too. Like, right. and your point is great. And like, I a hundred percent agree with you. These are the first stores they're already taking share. The next stores are going to be fully just walk out. Right. Like shut the front door on that. Palm, I mean, that's- pay- one palm payment. Like this is crazy. We're going to, we, they just are going to get supercharged. Yes. You can pay with your palms at the next iteration of these things. Like it. Yeah. I mean, wait, the grocers have got to wake up to what's going on here. Hopefully in, with everything we've been talking about, they will soon, but um, I don't know. It seems like the industry is slow on this one for sure. Well uh, we're going to get into that again in headline number three, Chris um, Uber eats is deciding that they have, gotten into the diaper delivery business. Starting November 1st, they announced a new category. I've already checked it out. It's pretty slick. It's called Babies and Kids for Parents in Need of Emergency Diapers and Thermometers, among several other things. Uh, But according to Bloomberg, it is the latest in a series of new verticals launched by Uber during the pandemic, including delivery of groceries, prescriptions, alcohol, and flowers. Um, They're partnering with companies like Bye Bye Baby, CVS, and Walgreens on the initiative. Um, and likely much more to come. Also DoorDash. Did you know that DoorDash is also part of the baby category? I learned that this morning too. So no, Chris, I didn't know that. Wow. Interesting. What are your thoughts here on the Uber of all baby delivery? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I like this as much as you do. So I'm going to let you, you, I want you to take this and roll with this one, but uh, 
you know, I think it's an interesting hook from a merchandising perspective. Number one, like they're, they're merchandising to the needs state uh, versus like, say the platform merchandising approach of like an Instacart or trying to get to the brands themselves on an Instacart on a third party marketplace. Right. And I think it does play into the whole combination with restaurant delivery. I think that's, that's nice. Like, okay. You know, the restaurant delivery is probably a pretty regular hook. So then if I can merchandise to you, what else do I need when I'm asking for that? Like, Oh, I need the emergency diaper run or a kid's sick. I need the thermometer. I, th- I think that plays into it, which is why I think I'm longer on the third-party marketplaces that provide restaurant delivery than those that don't. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I think it's an interesting angle. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what to make of it, how big it'll be, but yeah, I think it's something to keep an eye on. What do you think? Well, quick point of clarification. I misspoke. It's not DoorDash. It's GoPuff. So they're yeah. doing delivery with GoPuff, not DoorDash. Oh, um, wow. Items. Interesting. But, but still, still, Fascinating. I mean, still something that I found in that article that I was like, this is surprising. I guess mm-hmm. you, I mean, I see them as competitors. But anyway, Chris, my point is that I think Uber is competing with everybody else. They want to be the one-stop shop. And I think that if I was in the C-suite at Uber, I would be like, hell yeah. Like the parents, these new parents who are in demand, (laughs) they need delivery. Like they're the perfect place and and demographic to focus on. Um, I think you've touched on this, but like adding food delivery into the ability to get, you know, prescriptions and the ability to get diapers and formula and all those things, they save people trips and they're high frequency items. So this is like repeat stuff that people are going to be getting over and over again. Plus, I mean, talk to any next gen, you know, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, they're already like hooking up. They've got their parents have got, you know, DoorDash or Uber memberships already for them. So I think that this is just going to be a natural progression with them as they go through the next phases of their life. I think they're, they're starting the relationship with Uber and now Uber is just trying to lock them in for the long haul. Yeah. We haven't talked, I mean, that's probably the last point I'd make is like, we haven't talked about Uber much within the third party marketplace discussion. Right. This is, this is an interesting new approach. And so again, it just shows you there's going to be a lot of consolidation in this space who ultimately wins is still very much up for grabs. And It's cool to be talking about them now within the context of everything going on. All right. Headline number four. Yes. Yeah. You ready for this one? (laughs) Grabango announced this week that its checkout free solution is now available in six Circle K stores in the Tucson area. Get out. I know, right? It's crazy. Like this, I can't make this stuff up. Now, loyal OmniTalk fans will know Grabango from the video we shot last year of their installation at the Giant Eagle Get-Go store outside of Pittsburgh. As the, and remember, it's a company that lets shoppers skip traditional checkout lines by scanning an app when they're done shopping, which is a very important point. And I have lots of thoughts here, but what do you, of course I do. What do you think of this announcement first and foremost? Well, I think it's another signal to our earlier conversations that, you know, this is coming. Checkout free just walk out technology with Amazon fresh right. stores. Like you, again, uh, we had the, the, uh, the headlines from Trigo the last couple of weeks. This has got to be front and center for retailers in the convenience and grocery space, especially. But I mean, I was pretty shocked to hear Grabango's name thrown in here. Standards always been associated. I mean, Chris, you were just in Phoenix at the Circle K doing a demo of the standard um, experience. I, I, I'm curious what your thoughts are here. Like, you, we've seen both. Yeah. What do you think? That That's the craziest part of this announcement is that the Circle K and also in Arizona, because if yes. you remember, loyal Omnitalk <laughs> fans, Standard is supposed to be working with Circle K and their first store is in Tempe, which, and you're right. Yes, I did go and visit and I tried it out. Um, and, you know, I, so I asked, I, you know, I was like, 
what the hell does this mean for standard? Right? Like that's right. the natural question here. Like circle K is also working with somebody else on the very same idea. Cause basically they're two technologies in terms of what they're trying to do for consumer experience standpoint are almost identical. Right. Um, and so I asked, I asked standard, I actually, I, I queried standard yesterday. I was like, what's your comment on this? Like, what does this mean? And so for those listening, here's what they told me. They said, quote, we're confident that our technology, which we are always refining, improving, and carefully monitoring, will make lives better for shoppers at our Phoenix Tempe Circle K location and the other stores we're building out in Arizona and around the country, end quote. And then they went on to say, quote, we're well into the retrofitting process for multiple Circle K stores that are set to go live starting in January and continuing into the first half of next year, end quote. So, and I don't know, I don't know what is you this think, like but- a checkout free battle dome we're going to have inside Circle K. Like what is going to happen? I think it is. I mean, it's basically like Circle K is burning the candle, burning the wick on both ends with this. Like it, it, they really are. I mean, it's kind of nuts. I, I don't, I don't, you know, hey, fair play to them getting two people to duke it out on the, on a cool technology side of things. But I think the other point that I think that this brings up to just because you brought up my demo. Yeah, I did walk yeah. the store. Yeah. And I would say, you know, it was early, you know, I give them a lot of credit for doing it, being live, um, you know, and, you know, it works very similar to how the, the, the Grabango experience works in terms of you walk in the store, you take what you download the app, you take what you want, and then you scan the app upon your exit. And I think upon reflection as, cause I did it. Yeah. I think upon reflection and I'm co- I'm going to actually coin this phrase. Okay. I think the, I think, I think there's something to what I call a pre-shop authorization. Versus what Grabango and Standard are doing, which is a post-shop authorization. Okay. Pre-shop authorization is what you find at Amazon Go or at Tesco by way of Trigo, where you scan the barcode to enter the store. Or your hand. I, yeah, or your hand, right? Or you can sign a credit card too, as they yeah. do at like Hudson Goods or OTG or whatever it is. Yeah. I think that's better for two reasons. Okay. Number one, I think it's a better consumer experience because then you, when you're, you're carrying stuff, you don't have to put your stuff down and figure out how to scan something with your phone, which I think is inherently difficult to do. And then secondly, I don't like it from a theft perspective too, because it leaves, it leaves the opportunity to game that system much more open than versus the other scenario. Cause like, Oh yeah, I have Dapple down. Oh, I'm scanning it. Look at me. And now I'm just going to walk out the store and there's not enough staff in the store to adequately detect that and watch for that. Right. So, you know, so, so I think in the long run, I think, especially in the short term, I think we're going to see more players take that approach is going to win out in the long run, or people are going to find more success with it. The other thing I like about it is you can see how high is high. I wrote right. about this earlier this week. You know, when you just say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to convert the whole store to a pre-shop authorization. You're going to know how much people want to use it. Yeah. You know, you're not like half pregnant being like, Oh, I want to keep my current customers happy and blah, blah, blah. You're willing to go all in and you're willing to see what happens. And I would say, I would argue that the companies that are more overt in testing the pre-shop approach here, even if it's not what wins out in the long run, I think are going to gain more uh, education on how this can work and what the puts and takes are of it of the long run. So well, I don't know. What and do you and think, I think though? I think the labor shortage point is you just made me think of that too, Chris. Like when we think about if you are planning on moving towards a, a truly autonomous store where you don't have to have somebody in the store, I think it's going to be one where you're going to have to scan in, you're going to have to scan out or do some sort of of you know checkpoint at the beginning of that shopping experience in order for that to truly be something that that retailers can see a return on the investment on in the long haul. So. Yeah. yeah. I, t- I, t- I asked standard about that too. Like I said, you know, Hey, 
you know, why are you guys taking this approach? They said, you know, they feel like it's hard to put that type of technology at the front. It's, you know, a barrier to get consumers. And yeah, I get that. But but yeah, for now, but like people will change over time. And so I think, and how do you change? You give them something they'd never expected, never experienced before, and you knock their socks off. And, And by the way, the other thing I would say is, that's what Amazon is continuing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an important point. Like they are right. now putting this into full-scale grocery stores in the same manner. So that tells me something in terms of what the right approach potentially could be here. hundred percent. Well, Chris, talking about giving somebody something that they've never seen before, <laughs> we're going to get into headline number five, which if you'll notice also includes our AM put you on the spot question oh. and has to do with Nike filing for virtual goods trademarks in shoes and apparel. Now, this question comes to you from Kristen Kohler Burroughs, and she wants to know, with Nike banking on the ability to leverage its tremendous physical assets in the virtual world as a new potential growth vehicle, what type of consumer product brands and retailers should be thinking about an NFT strategy as an imp- or digital strategy, digital goods strategy as an important part of future growth? Wow. Nibble um, on that one. Yeah, that's it. I always love when I get the really tough ones. Thanks, Kristen. Um, <laughs> I, you know, this is, I think this is going to shock you. I think it might shock Kristen. It might shock the entire AM team. It might shock our, shock our listeners. I'm going to kind of say everyone. Like, I think every consumer brand, needs yep. to be thinking about this. And here's why again. Because here's this what this is a hard mind. this is a hard pivot from Chris Walton based I on know, previous conversations. I now when this is going to happen, I think is a different question. Fair. But looking at this and evaluating, I think, and what it is applicable to in the long run, I think is everyone. And I'll say this because of this. Like I was watching those videos this week. The Mark and it reminded me of tour this, of the metaverse. Is that what yeah, you're the Facebook to? Yeah, and yeah. the Microsoft one and and it reminded me, I don't know if you remember this t-shirt I bought when we first started doing this, but it was like one of those black t-shirts with big white writing. It said, I'm much more interesting on the internet, right? Which is, which is totally true. If anyone's okay. listening, if you actually know me, I'm not as interesting as I sound on this podcast, debatable. but <laughs> debatable. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, but like in the metaverse, that is going to be taken to a whole nother level, which yes. means we're going to be able to create our own personalities. We're going to be able to acquire goods to showcase who we are. We're going to be able to bling ourselves out in new ways. So it's like, a second life. You get is. to have a second version of yourself that you get to create. Yes. Yes. And I kind of like it because it, in some ways it's egalitarian too, because it takes away what do we look like and levels the playing field for who's creative and who can make be interesting in that space. So there's a lot of benefits to it. There's also a lot of weird stuff to it too. But I, I but, but to that answer, I think if you have a brand that people crave in the real world, I don't see why it can't be craved in this new metaverse too. Totally. Totally. Chris, I was, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was having this conversation with my dad last night and we were talking about this in relation to FaceTime because my dad's never heard of the metaverse and, you know, crypto, we were talking about the whole, the whole gambit, but I was saying like, dad, do you think our grandparents had any concept of FaceTime? Like just think about our grandparents two generations ago. And my dad said to me, he goes, and I didn't have any concept of FaceTime. So I feel like if you look at just like what's happened in the last 15 years since the iPhone came out, like it's conceivable that even though it's crazy, yeah, that this can happen in our lifetime. So I completely agree with you. I think that everybody should be thinking about this in some capacity, like I'm not saying dedicate all your R and D resources to it, but 
especially that Nike's getting into it. I mean, Nike is the most loved brand among Gen Z, Gen Alpha, consistently have been for years. So we know that this is going to be an important play for other brands to be paying attention to if Nike's dedicating this much of their time into this metaverse. And, you know, we, I think some of us started to kind of laugh this off. We talked about it earlier this year when you know, Robux and uh, you could use Robux to buy Paxson clothing in the Roblox world. And, but now it's like, you mentioned Microsoft, Ralph Lauren, like all these brands are getting into it. And I think that it's just, it's going to be more prevalent than we can even imagine for these next generations who've been coming up playing video games and, and have just been growing up online in another universe pretty much already. So yeah, I, I I I agree with you. I think like you know, to me, the way I see this too is like, especially given the announcement with Nike, is like the NFT space. I think you know that'll heat up first, right? There's yeah. a lot you can do in there outside of just the metaverse kind of concept. And the metaverse will come at some point, but like I remember, I have a good friend at Facebook who I take a, a I take a lot. Of, I learn a lot from, and he, you know, I can remember, you know, ten years ago, he told me voice was going to be the next big thing, and I'm still waiting for that to hit. And, <laughs> and you know, he's. And, you know, so like, you know, I think this is coming, but I think, you know, we, it's probably going to slow the roll on when we're all going to see it and when we're all actively participating, given the hardware effects and, you know, everything else we've talked about in the past too, like, especially like what categories of business hit VR first, like we tend to like to joke about, but, um, but yeah, that, that's kind of my take here. It's, it's a fun, it's, it's, it's fun to watch and think about. And well, yes. And OmniTalk listeners, we want to know what you think. So tell us in yeah. the comments from the show, like, please tell us if you're pro metaverse or con or where you fall on the spectrum. Because yeah. I'm Do we need legs in the metaverse? That's what I want do we to know. Need Do legs? we need legs? Very yeah. important question. All right. Well, Chris, we are going to go to the lightning round. We have completed our retail headlines for the week. Are you ready? Yes, I am. And let's okay. do this. Your hair's to one side. I'm ready to roll. Oh my God. Yeah. Total eighties flashback today. Um, it's actually just great coverage. Okay. Wayfair (laughs) announced, uh, this week that they are launching Wayfair on air, Chris, a live streaming platform to help customers discover affordable home furnishings products via the Wayfair app. While you are not yet one of their celebrity content creators, though very qualified to be, I would say, what would you tell people that they should buy on Wayfair? Ooh, that's a good question. Leveraging my home furnishings background here. Um, I think, and actually this is very germane to your experience this week. Actually, I would tell people that if they have kids, they should never buy kids furniture, like branded kids furniture, because it's all the same crap, just with a different label. And you can get it very cheaply. If you just go directly to the brands, which are frequently already sold on Wayfair. So that, that would be my number one piece of advice of something people should buy on Wayfair. Yes. That was like one of the nicest kudos Chris has ever given me this week was like, oh, you're learning. You didn't buy it from the Macy's furniture store for $600. You bought bunk beds from uh, Wayfair for $200. And this is the same stuff. Thank you. And look at you now. <laughs> yeah. Look at me now. Look at me now. Your kids are happy and you put it together. All right. Question number two, Anne. The metaverse, as we just talked about, is gaining yes. momentum. When next we see an avatar of you in a team's meeting, what will you be wearing? Oh man, I hope the Travis Scott Jordans that I wanted to get, but I, I'm hoping, this is another question I have that is for another podcast, but I'm wondering like how the digital versions are going to compare cost-wise to the real ones. Cause I still can't afford the real Travis Scott Jordans, but maybe I will be able to afford the digital ones for my avatar in the metaverse. Right. And in reality, there's no inventory constraints with NFTs either, like depending on how many you want to produce. So yeah, it's a crazy question. Yeah. It's all about scarcity and like who, what's cool. Yeah. Um, Okay. 
Chris, GameStop COO and former Amazon exec Jenna Owens has left GameStop. Uh, in a completely unrelated note, what is your favorite original <laughs> NES game? <laughs> okay, God, that's where we're going to go there. Uh, uh, that's an easy question, actually. Punch Out. Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Oh. Greatest game of all time. Greatest game yeah. of all time. Yeah. All right, yeah, this is, I love this question. IKEA announced that it is taking its Conshohocken resale pilot national in November. What makes you happier, Anne, that you can take back your Billy bookcase or that we get to salute the lovely people of Conshohocken once again on this show? Oh, I mean, I love me some Conshohocken, but I have to say that I love that this pilot is rolling out nationwide. I cannot wait. I will be yeah. taking stuff there actually like this weekend. You're going to hit it up at the Ikea outside Mall of America. Sure. Oh, we should For do sure. that. We should yes. film that. That's yes. a great idea. Let's yes. put that on the queue. Okay. All right. On that note, happy birthday today to Bethany Frankel. Matthew McConaughey, and Daniel LaRusso himself, Ralph Macchio, who turns, believe it or not, 60 years old today. Wow. You have to say that part. Oh, that's crazy, right? I mean, he was like almost 30 when he filmed The Karate Kid. But anyway, uh, remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it Omnitalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you. And it fits all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.armytalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And of course, as always, be careful out there in this world or the metaverse. <laughs> The OmniTalk Fast Five is brought to you with the help and support of the AM Consumer and Retail Group. The AM Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities towards their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit Takeoff.com. And Attentive. See why thousands of brands use Attentive's SMS platform to send interactive marketing campaigns that better engage consumers and drive revenue. Visit attentivemobile.com slash Omnitalk to request your demo today.